0: Love Talk Radio. Live from Richmond, Virginia. We are currently on Romeo time. For those of you around the world, that is minus five UTC, or for military types, minus five Zulu. Um, thanks for joining today's show. It's on the course forward, and is continuation from what we did yesterday. On your legacy. This is part of a three part series that talks about specifically how do you plot a course forward if you are building a company and have clarity on the end game. And yesterday's show, the previous show, was on trying to define that legacy. But before I go there, a couple points. One is the mission of our network is to provide a course forward for all businesses, large and small, to thrive not just survive regardless of the economy. All of our programming is based upon over 30 years of research and application of the best practices to achieve, if you're a large corporation, organizational excellence. If you're small, you're a startup, you're micro, you're small business, even mid level companies up to 50 million, our goal is to help you with fast and sustainable growth. This is show number, um, let's skip over that. This is show number 1466. 146- one four six three seven zero six. Sorry for my inability to read the screen. And that is for your accounting purposes. You can also find this on iTunes under the course forward. Uh, to join the conversation before we get started, if you want to call in live, here's our toll-free number at eight seven seven two one eight one five four five. That's eight seven seven two one eight one five four five. If you want to chat in the real time, then all you got to do is go to our show page, which is blogtalkradio.com slash IB2E radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash IB2E radio. Or if you want to talk to us live using Twitter, then just go to Twitter and put in my name, W Eastman, W E A S T M A N. I'm William Eastman. I'm your host for today's show. And let's talk about the course forward. Course forward. Well, our previous show was on the legacy and trying to determine what it is that you want to achieve with your business. More of us focus on companies where the owners are still actively involved. However, the majority of our content today is going to be around issues that are relevant to every business out there, regardless of size. Our focus is to take that legacy and take that objective. And and instead of it just being a desire or something that's out there, how do I create that reality? And so the question I want to pose to you is, what is your course forward? Well, there's two topic areas we're going to cover. We're going to do this quick because there's a lot of material, and I'll give you some references to where you can pick it up uh, the slide presentation or the show notes. The first one is on stages of growth. And the stages of growth are what are the critical elements that will move a company from startup to reinvention, uh, which we call your ramp up If you are a large organization, then the issue becomes, how do you move from reinvention, a consistent cycle of reinventing the firm to market dominance. That's one half of the show. The other part of the show is core processes. And what do you need to build just in time? What infrastructure must you have in order for you to achieve either this growth or the reinvention? So let's take stages of growth. and. These are based upon three things. One is research that we did, and it's part of our library of best practices, that says, is there a predictable pattern to how companies grow? Can we say companies grow in this fashion? And the answer is yes. Number two is observation. Over 30 years of working in organizations large and small, I've learned a few things about fast growth from working in fast growth companies. For example, AOL, the 1990s, was one of the fastest growing companies, incredible place to be a part of. Uh, Google today, if you look at Google's value, if you look at Facebook, I mean, I cannot believe that Facebook is worth $30 billion. I guess it is, but if you think about it, um, how much money is really being transacted? So some observation. And the third part of that is experience. I've done six startups over the last 20-some-odd years. One of them was wildly successful. One of them bombed. And the other four were kind of bits and in between, which if you're a serial entrepreneur, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't. What well, we've been trying to figure out, and that's put us on this path after having going from an incredible success to an incredible failure, what did we miss? And our mistake was we tried to replicate the first one, not realizing that we were replicating the wrong things, and that's got us on this path of looking for something that was predictable. Okay, the terms I'm going to give you are ours. Everything else is a snapshot and a point in time around the growth of the business, and it is based on hardcore research. And if you want to hit me up and give me a buzz on this, and call um, and make that either part of the chat or part of the tweet. Go for it. I am quite happy to provide that information to you. So let's take those stages, let me, and let me go through them quickly. There are six stages if, in fact, what you're trying to do is grow the business. There are more stages in the process, but I'm not going to talk about the decline of a firm. I'm not going to talk about the, the, the firm moving into kind of old age and getting a uh, um, hardening of the arteries and arthritis and eventually dying. I'm assuming that there's not a single person out there, whether you're listening to the show, listening to the podcast, or running a business, that your objective is to run it to the ground. And so we took out some of those stages and said, let's not talk about those. Here are the six. Number one is creating the plan. And this is kind of the pre start. What do you do before you get going? Number two is go live. And that is, okay, doors are open, let's rock and roll. Number three is the next act. You got through that incredibly difficult first uh, second stage of selling. Uh, and then you say to yourself, what is it that we're really trying to do here? Where are we trying to take the company? The fourth stage, and this is the one that most people are interested in, is the big fast. This is the hockey stick stage, if you can get here. The fifth one has numbers, numerous names out there. We've decided to call it profit-taking. And the reason we call it profit-taking is that this is typically where you can pull your money out of the company. This is what's critical at this stage here. And then finally, the last stage is reinvention. And reinvention is the decision of not to sell and not to decline, but to say, let's do this over and let's grow it bigger and bigger and bigger. And we talked about that yesterday in the previous show to some length. All right, so let's take Dream to Plan. Now, we've done some broadcasting on this before, so some programming exists. So if you'd like to check this one out, we've got a whole 30 minute show on just this item. Go to our Blog Talk Radio site and look for show five seven seven three zero two. That would be the code that you'd find it under. Or if you've got an account at iTunes, uh, go to our site at iTunes at the AK Labs um, at the IB two E, excuse me, Internet Business to Radio uh, site at iTunes and look for a Dream to Plan. What is Dream to Plan? Well, first of all, I'm going to kind of contrast these growth stages to say: is to focus inward or outward because that is really critical because the pace of the firm changes and you need it because if it's all go, 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 um, you'll burn everybody out. So this is an inward focus. You're collecting your talent. You've got the people around you you're going to start the business with. You put together something um, that resembles a plan. It is uh, big on vision, big on the the, the value you're going to provide, all those good things, but it's kind of short on details, and that's all right. There's a few details you need to get in there, but pretty much... The business plan, the first time through, you're going to write as you go. And therefore, it's not some experiment, something you're doing to go get money ahead of the bank or investors, but rather it's an operational plan. It is the script that you're going to run the company by. It's also a time for gut check because as you begin to do all this, you've got to say to yourself, do I have the wherewithal to do this? Do we as a team have the talent? Do we have sufficient capital? Because more than likely, what's going to happen here is that you're going to run out of money before you get to the third stage. And so can we survive long enough in the second stage to produce the type of sales that we need? Um, otherwise, you'll never have an opportunity to prove whether this was a great business idea or not because you'll simply be gone. What's the essence of this stage? Well, the essence is this. One is build the right core team. Have the right individuals around you. You don't have to have many but think about that this is the nucleus around which you're going to build the entire operation. Number two is build the product or service that you're going to offer and get it good enough. Get it at about an 80% level. Um, and the reason I say that is the third one. So let me come back to it for a second by saying you must be quick to market. I know people, and in fact, and one startup, We took almost two years to get to market because of, of research and product development and all the things we did. And one of the reasons why it didn't go very well is by the time we got to sales, we had expended most of our resources. And it may take you a couple years to get through the second stage. So build it good enough to get it out there. And good enough means is that it works. It does what you say it's going to do. But don't put all the whistles and bells on it. You don't need perfection. My experience with this is someplace between 80 and 90% right is where you go. So that's what happens. The day you open the doors, when do you move from this phase to the second phase, go live, is you open your doors and you say to somebody whether it's a bricks-and-mortar operation or it is an online site or you go to a meeting and you hand out a business card, is the second you say we're in business, you're in stage two. Stage two, go live. Okay. Now, just like with the first one, we've done some programming on this so blog, talk, radio. If you want to download the thirty-minute detailed explanation of, the, of this stage, it's show number five seven seven three zero three. That's five seven seven three zero three, and it's, it is known as Cash Is King. Title that we gave it, then. we thought it was a little snappier. Or on um, your iTunes accounts, if you go to our bot, IB2E Radio site, it, it is labeled uh, "Go Live." The focus here is external, so we've shifted from an internal focus to an external f- focus. And I can I can I can classify this stage in three words: sell, sell, sell. Um, it is all about making money. It's all about bringing money in the door. But, so therefore. The title that we typically give this or its motto or tagline is cash is king. At this stage, you need to be opportunistic. You need to look for any opportunity, even if it's far afield from what you thought you were going to do when you started this company, anything that produces money. Because typically where we stand, most of us, most of us don't start like Google with a whole lot of money. Uh, capital laying around, and I, I've got to tell you, just just as quick aside, is that when we looked at the research, the companies that started with too much money typically didn't make it, because people spent on buildings, lavish appointments, furniture, and there was no it, there was no urgency inside the organization. And by, by the time they got there, they had gone through too much too much money, and they had too much overhead. So saying to yourself, well, we're not starting with much, really puts us behind the eight ball. It does, but you'd be surprised that most of the companies we looked at didn't start with an excess of capital. They started without the amount of capital that sane people perhaps would engage in. And so you have here, what you have is a mix of personal money. You may have some investors. Those investors probably are family people. Um, Loans, you may have taken a second out of your house, God forbid. Um, It's one mistake I never made. Um, typically you 've got if you 've got a couple credit cards you run them up and you use that as operating cash. The key here is that sales drives growth is that you cannot finance this operation for long without sales so sales has to be immediate and you have to get here fast from the first stage. Um, I will tell you is that there's little to no profit at this stage. And the reason for that is you're pursuing any opportunity. And so many times what happens is that that revenue is not good revenue. Now, when I don't have any money, all revenue is good revenue. What's critical here is the velocity of cash in that money is coming in quicker than it's going out. And, And the real reason that you're not seeing a whole lot of profit is the cost of sales are high because you're basically almost buying market share. People don't know you. Traditionally, they don't know you, you don't have a track record, so you've, you, there's no awareness. There's nothing that you can build against. So effectively, what you're into is every sale is a cold call uh, because they've never heard of you. And the other issue is cost of quality is because this is the first time you put that product out there and you probably don't have the type of infrastructure structure unless, of course, you're a manufacturing firm and it almost requires you put the assembly line out there, but for most of us who are selling, uh, mixture of products and services, and it's intellectually property-based, as I can guarantee you, is that the customer going to find all types of defects you didn't see, and you've got to cost the quality because you've got to fix those. So the deal is, don't expect to be profitable here. All you're looking to do is to make sure that the money's coming in the door faster it's going out. Your account's receivable is less than your account's payable. The essence of this stage is three. One is the amount and velocity of money. who started this firm must be engaged in the sale process. Maybe they're not the lead salesperson, maybe they don't manage sales, that's more of a structural issue, and again, we deal with that more in the show that we did specifically on this growth stage, but understand is that if you're unproven, unknown in the market, you're asking your customers to take a tremendous risk, and the only way they're going to take that risk is if they trust you, and so by meeting and getting to know the owners of the firm and that, almost becomes a personal guarantee that this stuff will work. You've got to reduce the risk of the customers. They're not going to take the chance. And the third part of this is finding a marquee account. Finding an account that's reasonably well-known either in your area, if that's your marketing and sales focus, or in your industry, if that's your focus. So when somebody says, where have you done this before? Obviously, on day one, you go, where? Even if you've been in other organizations that had other startups, you haven't done this with this company, with this product or service. And so, getting an early marquee account and somebody goes, Oh, so you're working with so and so, will help you here and that'll help you on the sales process. Now, will everybody go from stage one to stage two? No, sometimes people go, Hey, this is not a good idea, and pull out. Your stage two we'll all goes, stage twos go to stage threes. The answer is no. Um, let's talk about that. So, let's move to stage three, which is the next act. And the next act, and by the way, that is show number. Five seven seven three zero nine. If you want the whole detailed focus there, and it's called What Next, or go to iTunes and it's called The Next Act. This is now an internal fo- focus. So you see yourself, you've gone from internal to external, back to internal focus. It's an opportunity to catch your breath because that first, that second stage, that uh, go live, cash is king stage is draining. It really will take a toll, especially on the owners and investors. Because I guarantee you it will take longer than you think and it will cost you more than you think. And you may go into the second stage with a fairly hefty bank account. You're going to find some place in the middle of it. You don't have it. So here you're kind of going, whoa. Now, how do you know you're here? Well, how you know you're here is really simple. Cash flow has become sufficient and predictable, meaning that you're getting enough money to pay your bills, including paying yourself, with maybe a little left over to kick back into the company. And number two, your cash flow is predictable. If you're there, you're into stage three. What's happening now in the firm is kind of a change of mindset, is in stage two, you were opportunistic, you took any opportunity. Now what you've got to do is you've got to move to plan opportunism. You've got to be, you've got to say, we've learned that these type of opportunities uh, aren't worth it. These are the type of opportunities that we want to pursue. Um, there's not a very good flow of information in the organization. Typically, everything is a crisis, so uh, the owner feels as if you never get to do the long-term planning. The thing that is that is critical in this stage, the essence of this stage is this. You need to finalize your legacy. Whatever it is that you're going to do, are you going to sell the company? Are you going it, to it, keep it private? Are you going to grow it and uh, take it public? But you need to make that decision now because if you don't, and we talked a lot about this uh, in the previous show, uh, you will not be able to positively affect the valuation of the company. If you're looking to sell it, now is the time to make that decision. Now is the time to get that audit. So that as you move forward, what can you do? You can basically then say, "Hey, um, I have built. I'm making decisions that build the value." The second piece is revisit the plan. I guarantee whatever you did in stage one is no longer accurate. Um, and so revisit the plan to say, "This is who truly who we are. Here's where we're headed," and then the next stage the next piece here is if you're going to go forward from the stage then the issue becomes you've got to build capacity for growth does everybody go from the next act to the next stage no some people stay here in fact it's called the founder's trap but if you do if you make that decision then stage four is what's called big fast and this is show number 577 319 or on iTunes um, you can find it as big fast as well this is back to an external focus so we've got internal external internal external you look and feel like a real company. You've got infrastructure in place that is working. Uh, management is in a kind of a coexistent mode with the entrepreneurs because now you've got a blend. You need managers in the firm. There are some turf issues, some interpersonal conflict that you're going to have to deal with because more than likely, you've not put structure into the firm. In fact, now more than likely, you have put structure into the firm. And this is the first time you got real growth. In other words, before, you never really knew where you were now, what you, you you get systems in place, you can begin to tell that which growth is the most profitable that you're seeing. The essence of this one here is maintaining a balance between sales, production, and receivables. Companies die here because of structural working capital, and so what you've got to balance out is we're aggressive on sales, but not so aggressive that we overwhelm our ability to produce. Okay, and on the other hand, we've got to really stay on top of our receivables because. We could be if we take receivables, receivables into the into the, toll, into the account, we're rich. Uh, but the cigar box, the, the bank account, has no money in it. Okay. And the, really, the other essence of this is maximizing the performance of all resources. Are you approaching something around 95 percent? In other words, given all the capability you have, how much business should be doing? Takes us to the top of the curve. So to kind of view this as a wave, you're now we've gone from the trough, which is the startup phase, up to the top. We call this profit-taking. Now, this is show five seven seven three seven zero. 370 That's 577-370 on uh, BlackRock Radio or on iTunes. It's called uh, profit-taking. And we're back to an internal focus. So we've got internal, external, internal, external. We're back to internal. This is you've, what you've done here is you've achieved a balance between control and flexibility, okay, management and leadership. Um, it's about making the numbers. Um, here, let me tell you what the best of the best has done. Uh, The best of the best have figured out how to build infrastructure and systems and what they sell, that they're looking at 60% gross margins, and they're reinvesting about 30% back into the company. Now, as far as sales growth, I can't really give you a number because large corporations, uh, companies that are over, say, half a a billion dollars, 25% growth is pretty aggressive, and that's typically what they see. A smaller firm... You could be looking at growth around 1,000 to 2,000 percent year to year. So I can't give you an average number that's really based on size. This is, the, and that now you're, what you're at is your decision point: Are you going to sell, or are you, you going to go through another growth cycle? Because the company will not be worth more than it is right at the moment. Now, if you go through another growth cycle, the idea behind that is, well, we'll do this once more, and we'll sell it then. And chances are you've doubled or tripled the worth of the company as you do another cycle. Because what we're talking about here is you're at the top of the wave, what do you do? If you're a surfer, you kinda of get off that wave to catch the next one. If you're not as bright a Sprite surfer, you've got to get crashed into the beach. The essence of this is to is to make the decision and don't procrastinate. If you decide you're gonna sell, do it now. If you're gonna grow, reinvest, do it now. And at this stage, if you think you can stay here, you're crazy. The, cra- uh, the wave is going to crash, which gets us down to the reinvention stage. And what reinvention is, that's the last. And this this is the this is the stage that separates uh, little firms from the big firms. Because what's happened in the larger companies is they've gotten here, they've reinvested in the firm, and now what you begin to produce is loops. So now view this as a surfer coming off, catching the next wave and going higher, Catching the next wave and going higher. And basically what happens is reinvention takes you back to the next act and, and, and uh, big fast. So you go from six to three, to four to five, to six, to three. And so what happens, you begin to get a loop going. This is an external focus. What's critical here is, one is that you work on issues internal to the business. You put together innovation teams who work on things to improve how the company functions. And those teams are based upon both insiders and outsiders. Uh, Don't make the mistake of doing this all internally. You want all the stakeholders, all the subject matter experts. You want suppliers, shareholders, stakeholders, employees, customers involved with this. And you also put together an outside team. And what that team focuses on is things like your products, your services, your offer. What is it that you're going to sell? And it's the same type of people in that. These organizations put together teams who rebuild everything and the essence of that is focus on a few things, maybe one internal project, one external project. Take your retained earnings and reinvest it back into the firm. And the essence here is collaboration. Okay, so that takes us through the six stages. And if I didn't say this to you, this would show five seven seven three two two. It's called Path to Market Domination on talk Radio and iTunes. It's called Reinvention. Now that takes you to your core processes. Now, here's what we found generically there are five categories or five systems that exist in in any organization. Financial, production, sales, strategy, and people. Now, every organization does it differently, and so if you're a large organization, mature organization, all these things in place, so if organizational excellence is your concern, is how well are they working? If you're a small firm in startup mode, um, you're not gonna, these are only going to be built after you get there. After you get through that reinvention stage is when you'll have all these systems in place. So let me hit quickly on those. Uh, let me take the financial. The financial system is based on two processes. Process number one is about financial accounting. That's the standard stuff. Everybody's familiar with it. If you've got QuickBooks, you're a small firm, you've got QuickBooks, that's what you're doing. Financial accounting is basically designed as a, as a, a uh, trailing indicator as a way of looking at what the company did historically. And so whenever you get a a profit loss sheet, you get an income statement, et cetera, from your accountant, your comptroller, your CFO, your CPA, what it is is it's a snapshot probably in the middle of the next month looking at what happened in the previous month. It does not help you in decision-making. It tells you you how things went. And you do this for the banks. You do this for the IRS. You do it for the state, et cetera. The second one, the second process here is called managerial accounting, and that is a methodology of breaking down what you 're doing so you can identify true cost and true profitability because most organizations in the early stages uh, aggregate their costs so if you say, "Are you profitable, you really don 't know and if you ask somebody the question well who's your most profitable accounts or who 's your most profitable product line they can 't tell you managerial accounting is a way and it's it 's known in the industry. By one of its names in the industry is activity-based costing, is that it gives you a sense of how are you, where is your cost and where is your profits. The second system that you'll see in the organization is around production. Now processes, there's two. One is how do you how do you build what it is that you make and sell, or how do you execute the services that you provide. And this is a process that you have to build, and you typically don't get this in place until the, around the, uh, stage three, but this is how you do the things that you con- currently do. The other process here is the around new product and service development, and that is the innovation cycle that we talk in reinvention. How do we research, build, develop, test, release new products and services? The third system or the third category is on sales. And there are two two processes here with sales. uh, Process number one is around new accounts. How do we market and sell and manage the sales funnel, bring people in? The other one is around organic sales, and that is how do we, by using customer service as one methodology, how um, how do we go after and maintain the accounts we have? How do we grow? Because think about it, maintaining accounts, your organic sales, Many times, it's far more profitable. It has less cost of sales attached to it. And it's crazy not to have 100% of the customer's budget for which your products and services fit. The fourth system is in strategy. And there's two pieces of strategy. One is strategy formulation. How do you, on a yearly basis, put together your business strategy? How do you do your market intelligence? How do you test out your business models? How do you come up with your strategic initiatives to say, here are the things that we need to be doing next year? And then on top of that, the other process is resource, resource deployment. Uh, you could use the word budgeting here. I'm a little reluctant to use it because you know, budgeting doesn't capture it. But the whole deal here is, okay, we've got the initiatives. How do we decide how to fund those initiatives, how to assign that responsibility, how to get people in the organization line of sight so as they're doing their job, what they realize is that their job description, if they have one, is not their job. Yeah, those are the things they do. Their job description is they need a line of sight to say, if the company doesn't do the following things, it's not going to be successful and it's going to affect us all. And then the last one is people and or relationships. And here you have two. One is how do I attract, bring in, and develop people? Now, this could be employees. It could be shareholders. It could be stakeholders. It could be partners. It, it includes everybody but customers. And then the other part of that is performance management. How do I manage those relationships? And so once we're in there, how do we make sure that we're getting the most out of these relationships? How do we make the decisions of which relationships to sever or which relationships we want to stay with? So that's a lot of information over a short period of time. Now the question is, how do I use it? Or even better, what do I do when? And that gets us to our next show. So join us for beating the odds by changing the game and how to put together your action plan. So thanks for listening to... um, IB2E, Internet Business to Entrepreneur Radio. And with, as we do it all broadca- uh, broadcast, we invite you to, to expand the dialogue and any show by contacting us directly on Skype, 804 477 1660. Success and prosperity is your course forward. Thanks. Have a great day.